Something fun for today's podcast, as we share our deepest and darkest watch confessions. All four of us share either one watch, or a style of watches that we just hate to say that we love. There are some interesting answers here, and unfortunately for me, one clear choice that the other guys didn't really approve of. Anyway, sit back and enjoy another episode of the Time to Unwind podcast. So today I thought we'd do something a little bit different and kind of share with you some of our uh, watch confessions or watch loves that kind of embarrassed to admit publicly or maybe in like certain circles. So maybe you're at a red bar and I don't know, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't bring this type of watch up that you love because you're surrounded by people who also are pretty passionate collectors. So basically watches that you hate that you love them, uh, but you just you just can't help it. Uh, so I feel like Ben would have quite a good answer for this. <laughs> so do you want to start? Yeah, sure. Um, so I've been thinking about this quite a lot and I kind of struggle, I think, to come up with a, an answer of like one watch or like conceptually, because I, I don't know. I'm a designer and let's say, you know, artistic people are maybe known as being a bit more weird. Um, so I like lots of things that I know other people won't like, but I don't, I don't hate that I like them. Um, so for example, like solid gold watches, quite antisocial, uh, but I quite like them. Like mm-hmm. a solid gold vintage day date, I think it's really cool. Um, lots of people may disagree. I, think I know fashions change like and stuff, but um, yeah, it's not like I necessarily hate to love it. No, that's um, a pretty uh, sensible choice. Yeah, it's tricky because I obviously look at things from a design perspective. There are a lot of things that I like that I wouldn't buy um, or wear. And I've got very used to thinking about watches in a different way. So I don't really, when I look at a watch, I don't necessarily envision owning it or wearing it or mm. anything like that. I, I, I just more look at the watch for, for what it is and try to understand the like, the steps that someone has done come through to, to create this. So, you know, for example, the, that, that Breitling that we talked about recently, I think the, um, the rainbow loomed one, which is obviously one. Yeah. Taking yeah. inspiration from the trend of like the, let's say the rainbow Daytona where it's, you, you know, using crazy rainbow diamonds. And obviously for someone to wear that is, uh, let's say it's quite a statement. Mm-hmm. Um, and lots of people would hate it cause they're like, well, I know John would hate it massively because um, he doesn't like diamonds and things like that. Hate my eyes. Uh, <laughs> and I, you know, I know, I don't know if I'd necessarily wear it. I mean, if I had the money, I probably would. Let's be honest, it's cool. But um, I like it for 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 what it is. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a tricky one. I'm oh, too no, confident no. in my uh, in your, in, your taste. <laughs> in my preferences and taste to say that I hate it. Or hate well, to love it. I'll go for mine then, because I know I'll get a reaction from people. Cool. Um, what? <laughs> mine's an idea as well. It's not really just one. Well, there's a few examples. It's basically watches that have factory set diamonds, that, and or that are like covered in diamonds. Um, that, that I know they're pretty out there, and they're kind of a bit of a flash git sort of watch. But I don't know why. But there's just something about like the really bold appearance and the presence and just shitloads of diamonds on a watch and it's just it's like your inner goldfinger being unleashed there uh, probably <laughs> yeah yeah I, th- I think they're just i agree so with that i mean it's so obvious factory sets cool as well when you have a bit more of an understanding of what 
I mean, obviously, it's, it's obvious what it means to be factory set, but actually, like, if, if you know what you're looking at, it's very easy to tell the difference yeah, between a factory point, set yeah, piece yeah. and an aftermarket piece. <laughs> and a lot of people who buy those watches to show off would maybe not know too much about watches and might go for an aftermarket set. Yeah. Um, and those things are more obvious. And I guess with certain factory set pieces being a lot rarer, like, I don't know, like the Technolas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When you see one, you know that it's pretty rare and pretty special and that it, you couldn't just turn up to the dealer with a load of money and get it because they're, they're not in like constant supply or not easy to find. Yeah. Um, you could you could get an aftermarket Rolex with diamonds for probably about 10 K. Yeah. But then it's aftermarket and will never hold its value. And, but if you want a factory one, it's like a hundred thousand or whatever. Yeah. It is an um, interesting uh, thing that we've, like you look at a, a factory set piece and you're like, oh, that's cool, that's rare. And then you look at an aftermarket one and let's say to the untrained eye, they're, they're basically the same thing. But mm-hmm. on, one, on one point, the factory set one is like, wow, that's a really cool rare thing. And, and the aftermarket one is like, wow, you've ruined that watch. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> try to make it look like something that yeah. you can't afford at the moment. Even though it's almost the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't even wear it. I wouldn't even be bothered about wearing it out. Like if I just had a few of these, I'd just wear them around the house. Wouldn't not bothered about showing them off to people. I just know I've got them. You'd need two, and then you put the bracelet I've, together and you make a headband. Okay. I've seen that from rappers, and I think I've that's seen that as well. I've got I've got two examples. So uh, I will send it to the group on Zoom call. Um, but obviously, we'll put links in the notes of the podcast as well. But these two, the okay, yeah. tech that Ben mentioned, that, the yeah, that, that Nautilus. That's that's the one that kind of comes to my mind when I think of factory set. So it's got a full baguette bezel, diamonds all over the dial, center links on the bracelet of baguettes. It's got like one thousand expensive. Yeah, it's got like one thousand three hundred diamonds or something ridiculous. Oh god, that Jesus! Christ. You like it, John? No, that is oh Jesus. <laughs> Which one do you not like, the Patek? Well, I, I was looking at the Patek initially, and I was thinking I don't like that. But then I looked at the Rolex, and I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I guess I thought I really don't like that. It's crazy. It's well cool. Yeah, so this is the the one we're looking at is the Rainbow um, Daytona in rose gold, but it's it so it's got the uh, rainbow bezel and the rainbow rainbow indices and stuff. But it's the one that's got the bracelet that's also got diamonds on it as well. So there's your standard right. rainbow for two hundred k, and there's this one for even more. Right. It takes a confident man to pull that one off, doesn't it? Yeah, like I said, I just wear it around the house. I, I'm not worried. Wor- like, you get too much attention wearing that out. Just give me one of those or a few of those, and I'll wear it around the house. And uh, um, you need a yacht if you have that watch, because then you can kind of wear it in privacy, but you still get to enjoy like the sun and you know it's that, that whole <laughs> summer garden. vibe, isn't it? Yeah, you could just get a garden. No, you need a yacht. No, okay, don't be silly. It's ridiculous. It, it looks like some sort of fashion watch monstrosity. I don't. I just can't imagine anybody. So you're, you know, you're, you're talking as if. I, I, <laughs> no, no, no. What? What, what about no, it? Do you not? No, no, no. I, so we went. We went to Tenerife on holiday a couple of years ago, and there was a guy walking up and down the beach <laughs> with a load of watches in his hand. And this is the kind of thing that he was trying to sell to people. And they're, they're just, they're just ludicrous. And so that's what you would look like if you were it. You'd look like some 
clueless tourist. Yeah, but I'd, <laughs> I'd be at home. I wouldn't be bothered. No one would that's see. The, I mean, that's the worst. That's the, even the, the worst bit. You, you'd wear it round the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not talking about a pair of slippers. Yeah, wait. Well, there would be for me. Oh God. I wouldn't be bothered. Oh, I'd come back from work. God. I'd be reviewing nice watches, and I'd get fancy a bit of a change. Who, who actually who actually wears these things though because i mean john i agree with you i mean the only word i can find to describe it is it's just horrific <laughs> the main people the main person i've seen wearing them is post malone who's a rapper he's got the nautilus that's four hundred thousand pounds is all factory uh he's also got the daytona which is i think it's only appropriate in a certain environment um to be worn outside there is, there is n- I, I don't that, that that wherever the appropriate environment is for that Rolex, I do not want to be part of it because it's it is not the, the kind of place that I'd want to be, and I, I don't think the appropriate environment is your front room, Tim. I it just oh, doesn't. It. So, <laughs> just for a change. No, change it up. No, it looks like it's like a child's toy. Going out to do the bins or something. Oh, no. feeding the dog. No, no, Anthony, you must. Have <laughs> I agree with Tim. More. Here's Ben. I wouldn't wear it in Tim's <laughs> living room, though. Well, would you wear it anywhere? Ben? I would wear it on my yacht in Monaco, uh, watching the Grand Prix. Okay. In my imagination, of course. Similarly to Tim's, but my imagination's a bit more wild than Tim's front room. Yeah, because now you're like almost going out in public in a way, wearing it. Whereas I, I just want to like quietly yeah, but enjoy them. That, um, is it? The prince, do you say the prince of Monaco, or mm. what? What was his title of the guy in the the TV show? Yeah, he's the Prince Albert. The he's prince, the, the yeah. head of state. Yeah, so yeah. He, he he's can the be prince, but his... he's the head of state. I don't know. Is he, is he king now? I guess he must be king. But everyone calls right. him Prince Albert. That's he odd. can watch me from his friend's apartment. He'll, he'll see it on. Yeah, he'll glowing. see it on the wrist, and he'll know. He'll be like, "Look at that guy." If you're watching the Grand Prix, you probably distract some guys. Look going at that around. guy down there. He went to Tenerife <laughs> on holiday. <laughs> And he bought the yacht from Tenerife. <laughs> He's on his mate's yacht. <laughs> oh, God, I've just seen a worse one. Oh, Jesus. That's, that's not actually possible, is it? No, it is. It is. It is. It is. I think the go. beauty of these watches is that um, we won't ever own one. So you can look at it and you can think, oh, that looks cool. So without you... having the experience of actually putting it on your wrist and being like, thank God. Maybe thank I was God. wrong. The closest right. I've got is that Patek Nautilus, which we saw at Basel a few years ago. And that, like, through, through glass. But it looked crazy it just looked yeah. ridiculous I've sent, I've sent a link to a fritillo page where they're talking about this rainbow thing and then halfway down oh have you seen the leopard oh one? the tiger yeah. one yeah whatever it is yeah yeah but that one's, no, that one's too far. i didn't choose that one <laughs> that rainbow one with the meteorite subdial is pretty cool though yeah but that's a standard rainbow if you're gonna go for a rainbow you might as well get the one with the bracelet. Yeah, but that one, you know, there's nothing on the bracelet. So you could just take the strap off, put it on like a nice NATO or something. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> like a rainbow colored like NATO. Like a rubber NATO from, uh, from the website. That look good. Well, yeah, that's my, that's my one watch. Save us, save us. Save yeah, go on, Anthony. What, what have you got then? Well, what have I you can't... got for John to attack next? Uh, yeah, to be <laughs> fair, I can't possibly top that. So any contribution that I make at this point now is 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 sort of like well yeah yeah it's going to come in <laughs> much much more under the radar than that there but um i i've got this love for um i was looking 
up earlier on which model it is. And I believe in its current incarnation, it's called a CA53W and it's Casio's calculator watch. Um, I had it oh, at some point in the mid eighties and I'm sure everyone knows the one. It's the sort of big black Casio calculator watch with the tiny, tiny buttons. In fact, you have to be aged about sort of five to operate the buttons, so, which is why you only see kids wearing them. Um, but I was fascinated by it. Uh, these days you can buy it for 35 pounds, I'm seeing. Um, but I love that watch because it was the watch I wore to school every day. I say every day. Well, do you know what? They made me take it off for, for, for tests. So I remember that. So it's a watch that really interacted with my life because um, a few people had them. And when we did these little maths tests, the teacher came around and said, anyone who's got a calculator watch has to take them off. So that was probably the first wrist check of my life. <laughs> and it sort of like went on from there. But it was fun. And, and then, of course, everyone sort of, you had these little games, didn't you, where you could do calculations and it would come out with a rude word at the end of it if you turned the watch upside down. Yeah. If you remember those. So um, it's all very puerile and it's got the design aesthetics of a house brick. And these <laughs> days, with the advent of smart watches, it's about as relevant as a steam train. But nonetheless, so for all these reasons, it's obviously a shameful thing to admit to liking. Um, it's very cheap, it's very nasty, it's very tacky, and again, utterly useless these days because, you know, my sausage-like fingers would have no way of manipulating those tiny little pinprick buttons. But I'm, um, I, I'm pretty fond of it. I think you should get one. I think that would be interesting to see you at events around the world and there's people wearing nice watches and you rock up. I'm sure you get some appreciative nods and stuff. With well, more uh, people wearing smartwatches, you could wear this on your right wrist and take I was, a stand. I was going to ask, so if Double you, wrist it. what would it say about somebody? If you, if you were kind of wearing that in all seriousness, what does it say about you? I, I wasn't sure where it would. Can you put it politely? I'm not sure if I could. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think you, you, you might come across as the sort of um, Bjorn Borg character with his wooden racket, you know, sort of like <laughs> who insists that this is the best way to do calculations on your wrist. I, did, yeah. I, I, I can't. I'm just. It could be a fashion it. thing that you're just yeah. trying to look yeah. uh, could, could edgy, edgy, or like yeah, from a certain. Era. The 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 uh, what's the other one? What's the, the is it F ninety one? I can't remember the the one. There's so many of them. I found this. I was trying to look them up, and so many of them. And... I want to live in a world where yeah, that... I'm wearing the rainbow or the Nautilus, and you're wearing the calculator, and we bump into each other in a bar or something. Maybe that, would be, that would be quite some bar, wouldn't it? I want to know how that conversation would go. Uh, that would be, yeah, that would be quite some bar. I wonder, yeah, yeah, I wonder which sort of like, which bar that would be. Maybe if, if I need to actually pick a specific watch, I could choose his calculator watch, but like iced out with the rainbow bezel. Okay. That's All quite right. unique. And a bit of both. You know. I'm also fond of if I can have another one. This this um, it's it's not a terribly nice watch as you can see, um, but it's it's a Giorgio Armani fashion watch. It's been out for about 15 years and it's got a very oh much my a, God. A Cartier vibe to it. But I was very fond of this at the time. Like I said, it's not something I'd admit to now. Um, but you know, that looks like your old watch, Tim. The 15-year-old yeah, me isn't. thought this was the height of sophistication. Um, yeah. But there and again, you know, I thought that many things were the height of sophistication 15 years ago, such as, I have no idea, flared trousers probably. And in actual <laughs> fact... That picture. Yeah, yeah, it's not a great picture because it's not a great watch. Uh, um, 
but uh, but yes now at the time I thought that was quite cool um, and I guess sort of um, I guess a little part of me remembers how I thought that was cool and still thinks that's cool now but there and again when I borrowed an Apple watch recently the actual sort of analog setting I had on was the uh, one with the Mickey Mouse hands because that brought me back a bit of nostalgia too so I think at this point I should really stop because like um, who knows what's going to come out of this next but I guess the sort of watches I um, I hate to love are the nostalgic watches the ones that remind me of being a kid and first getting into watches um, being a kid and a, and a teenager in the case of the Armani watch so I think that's a good reason but I think it's also just as well that my tastes have evolved Next time I see you, I want, I want to see you wearing a, ca a calculator. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, but not actually. I was going to say I've not got it. I think it's in my mum and dad's house because. Um, oh, you still got it? Yeah, it's been dead for many, many years. But I couldn't quite bring myself to get rid of it. So <laughs> I think it's. Um, I think I know where it is. There's a box of junk which I'm sentimentally attached to in my <laughs> mum and dad's house um, and I'm pretty sure it's in there because I was doing a sort out recently and I had it in my hand I thought well there's no need to keep this but I thought you know what I can't bear to get rid of it can't throw even a watch it's absolutely no use as a watch and <laughs> frankly even if it were functioning it would still be no use so um, so yeah it sits there as a monument to the 1980s I guess <laughs> And uh, yeah, the um, the Armani watch is very much a monument to the 1990s. And um, yeah, so those are my slightly odd choices. Tim, why don't you show him what was uh, your watch that was quite reminiscent of that Armani one? Oh, the Citizen I had? Yeah. Oh, I'll have to try and find it. Got a very similar taste. Yeah, I, I wasn't... Uh, actually, I think I found it. I don't think, looking back, so I had this when I was... Uh, how old was I? I don't know. Uh... Early. Less old than you are now. Less old than I am now, thanks, yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't think it's too bad looking at it. Uh, there we go, just send a link and we'll, we'll put it in the podcast notes as well. Oh, you see, yeah, yeah I can see that. I can see the similarities. But yeah, I, that's, I, not, I, that's not terrible. Yeah. It's pretty it, bad. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, I was not, young. <laughs> it's, it's not terrible. I thought, don't forget too, that in the 90s, Armani was cool. It's Armani. It's, you know, it sounds like Ferrari. Citizen, well, I'm not sure. Well, I, w I wasn't young in what? the 90s. Well, I was young in the 90s, but I was, I was very young in the 90s. Couldn't speak. And yeah, exactly. I was, I was that level of young. Yeah, other than that, that's all right. It's got nice little alpha hands. No, no. Uh, uh, yeah. Cool bracelet, date. Don't be silly. I cool would ten, I would 10 million times rather wear that than the Rainbow Daytona. I mean, literally. I'm times well, I think that's more of a compliment to twelve-year-old Tim, really. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And a bit of a blow at twenty-four-year-old Tim, <laughs> or whatever you are. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I can take it. Do you want to hear mine? Yeah, go on then. You've you've critiqued all of ours. Anthony, get ready to attack him. Yeah. So let's see. Okay, let's have a look. Oh, he sent a link. Why are you ashamed? That's cool. Why are you ashamed? That's, that's well because it's 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 just not right, is it? So what is it? Tell me, talk us through. <laughs> Even it. the watches you like, you don't like. So it just it's just wrong. It just it's just not it's just wrong, isn't it? Cause it but it's so it's so cool because it's really rare. And so it's, it's the Rolex five one zero zero. 
So which is their, kind their of first, it's behind, yeah, well, it's, I think it's before the, the oyster quartz. Okay. This is, this is when they were doing the beta movements, when it they is, were, is, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, when lots of Swiss watchmakers got together and they all kind of had their own versions of quartz movements and stuff. Yeah. Right. That is a cool era, I think, for, for quartz. There's loads of super cool movements, like the Patek one, for example. It was quite um, oh, yeah. memorable because it yeah. had a sweeping hand, even though it's quartz. Mm. Um, and the watch, well, it's, they all look very 70s, don't they, as well, just in the designs. Mm. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So th this was a limited production, and I think a thousand were made, and some were, some were white gold. So I think that top image there is, I think it's white gold. Do you like the yellow gold? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, I think the, I think maybe the yellow gold. Even though I do like yellow gold, that pushes it a bit towards the gimmick it's a step side. Too far, isn't it? Yeah, but it's interesting because it says there it was that was in '69, so that's quite a forward-thinking design for for that. Yeah, for that year. Um, yeah. So, do you want to guess how much you can pick one of those up for? In white gold, that like. Yeah, the I found the yellow this, gold this one. one. All right. Hmm. Uh, I think they're. I know oyster quartzes aren't too crazy, but maybe this one's so it's, I think expensive because it's rare. Solid, yeah. solid gold. So it's, there's only a thousand of them made. Solid gold case. How much do you think you would? So that, that diamond encrusted monstrosity that Tim found was, what was it, 330,000 uh, pounds or dollars. Wow, wow, was. Something like that. I think you're setting up for this to be monumentally I, low. I think it's so not going to be very say, much. I'm going to say 8,000. I think five or six. Five, it's solid gold. Come on, Tim. Yeah, but you could get a day date on Chrono 24 that's, that's 30 years ago for six grand. And it doesn't have a bracelet and it's destroyed. All right. All right. I'm going to go for grand. less. I'm going to go for less. I think four. Four? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't pay a penny over that anyway myself. Okay, 14 and a half. Yeah, I was, I was thinking 10, but it sounded like you were setting us up for a big surprise. Okay. Okay. Uh, did they do the oyster quartz in solid gold as well? Because wouldn't a lot of those steel? Uh, I think there are gold ones. Yeah, right. yeah. It'd be I interesting to see the price for those. There's two tone, isn't there? I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah I'm not sure. But if there's only a thousand of those mm. solid gold, would that? I mean, that's a lot of gold as well. Yeah, I think so. Fourteen and a half. That's pretty good. I thought it was. I guess you can spend that money on it though. I guess you could melt it down and potentially make a profit, depending <laughs> on how the gold market goes. <laughs> I like that it's rare, and I like that it is a thing. Yeah. But I don't know if it's 15 grand. I'm probably not the person to be well, there's only a thousand price points at the moment. But yeah, I mean, there's only a thousand of them. There's not many uh, Pateks covered in diamonds, is it? There won't be many of those a year. Yeah, they're not 15 grand, though, are they? <laughs> <laughs> that Daytona was like 300. 300? If, yeah, yeah. if it had a rainbow bezel... Tim would be all over it. Yeah. Would yeah, you love it? That'd be the one for me. Yeah. Okay. Ben, what about you? You you kind of danced around the question, and I think you've got it. There's got to be one. I'm struggling. I'm really struggling. Maybe I just need to pick something that John would hate because it's funny. Um... <laughs> so you can just pick any watch at random, then, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> what about just the Explorer one? Probably 36 me. I don't think he likes that, oh, does he? Hate that, oh, that bloody thing. That, that, is, that is the watch. The peak of watchmaking excellence. That's what it is, isn't it? Come on. <laughs> Alright, you talk about something, I'll have a think As soon as you said that No one had anything to say <laughs> well, 
I think I've made minute. enough. I think I've made enough shameful confessions, and, really. So. What's the submariner status? Um, the submariner status is is ongoing. It's ongoing. Luckily, I've been quite busy with other things, which means that I've not had a chance to um, come closer to sort of spending a load of money. But however, you know, I know that the minute um, my attention gets distracted, I will be back on Chrono Twenty Four. So, um, um, what I'm what I'm thinking is um, obviously it's, it has to be. Uh, uh, an ailing new second-hand one. You can't get them for love nor money otherwise. Um, well, you can probably, but not the sort of money I'm thinking of spending. Um, and I would anticipate probably making a purchase over the summer at some point. Um, I have seen some pretty, pretty good deals, and I'm probably going to get the um, the, the larger one, probably about a year or two old. Okay. Okay. Date or no date, or you still? I think no date. Yeah, I think no date. I mean, as I said before, I was quite open about that. Um, mm -hmm. But then, actually, what what you were saying made me think a lot. And if you're spending that sort of money, you, you probably want to get something that you're 100% happy with. Yeah. And I really, really like the dates, but there's just a part of me that admires the, um, I guess, the sort of cleanness of the no date design. Um, it's something that sort of polarizes people a lot, but if in the back of my head that's what I like most, that's probably what I should get. Yeah. Because I might be getting a date and thinking, oh, well, you know, like I really like this, but what if it had no date? Mm. Um, I think if um, you're buying to keep as well. Exactly. Exactly. No date, if it's the one that really speaks to you, then that's definitely the one to go for. It is. It's. Um, I, I too have uh, an Explorer one. Um, I think it's, you know, um, what was that phrase you came up with? The epitome of watchmaking excellence or whatever. But um, in terms <laughs> of design, but I'm, I'm a very big fan, you know, as, as you can see through through my liking of the Explorer one, of, of, of that very, very clear dial, that very, very simple look. Um, the fact that you have the sort of bare essentials there. Um, did you say you preferred the smaller gauge watches, the first uh, Sabarinus? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I've got the, um, mine's from 2008 or something, so it yeah. is the one before they increased the cases to the maxi case style. Yeah, um, that, yeah I, 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 I have worn the, um, the the larger case since then, and I do actually quite like it. Yeah. But I think for me, I the one that spoke to me more was just that slightly smaller case. Mm. Oh, but it's, it's, not, it's, 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 actually, it's actually sort of like, it's not the, it's the case around that's bigger, isn't it? It's, it's the it's not the because the dial's the same, isn't it? The, yeah, I think so. I mean, they're, but they're both still forty mil. It's, yeah, it's exactly. mainly prominent around the lugs. Yeah, yeah. It's a slightly more. I know. What you mean it's a slightly more filled out look. I guess is, yeah. is how to describe. Yeah, it. the older references are kind of a little bit more delicate around the lugs, yeah. whereas the newer ones are quite solid piece of metal yeah. in your wrist sort of feel. But I've made a choice that I know John will love. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, go on then. Talk us through it. So it's the Richard Mill 6702, which is the um, one of the variants of the 67 range, which is their, like, I think that extra flat watch. Yeah. Um, so these are the very colourful ones you, that are in you, carbon. You, you don't actually like this. You've just picked something ridiculous. No, I do like it. It's cool. <laughs> what do you think of it, Tim? Uh, well, which one do you like? Because you, you sent a picture to three. <laughs> so which, mm. which, which colour would... Yeah, I suppose it doesn't really matter. They're all quite similar. How not much a are white they one. to start with? They're not cheap. Okay. John, how much do you think... How much would you pay for that watch? Um, 
Okay, I've, I've found the price. How much will I pay for that one? Um, well, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I know it's probably probably quite valuable. So, I'd, so if if so, if I if we just ignore the fact that somebody else would pay more than I'd paid for it, and it's you know I'm I'm spending mm -hmm. my money on something to to wear. Um, twenty five pounds. <laughs> twenty five pounds. Okay. I thought so, you might have said like pounds <laughs> or something. <laughs> so oh, the price, man. which is in US dollars, is one hundred twenty thousand and five hundred. Is this a case of though that's retail, and if you can actually get one, it's more likely two hundred. That is retail. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure what the second hand price is, but right, that is retail. I mean, so, money aside, I I do think they're interesting. I I do like the ultra thin Richard Mills. I think if I was to own one, it would be one of the ultra thin ones. Uh, the mm -hmm. the straps. I'm not key that keen on the straps on these. They all look no, no, mate. I'm not. So th what there's that, that blue strap. one. What? What? Is that elastic strap? Yeah. Ignore the strap. It looks like you know when you go swimming, and and you get like your locker key. It's <laughs> like an armband thing to wear so that you don't lose. You get, that's yeah. what it looks like. It looks like the kind of thing you'd wrap around your wrist when you go swimming. It probably is. <laughs> Now, I'm not on, on about the strap too much. Uh, just yeah, you've in got general. to defend it more, Ben. Come on. Yeah, okay. I, I think Rashad Milwatch is a really cool because I like the um, like the micro-engineering aspect. They're very well made. Um, they're polarizing, very different. Um, I think the brand's interesting because they are essentially like justifying their products being horrendously overpriced. Um, but in like an interesting way, it's... I think their marketing is interesting in the way that they've executed the brand to make people want to pay over retail for something that's already like mm, just yeah. ridiculous. Um, Are they um, forged carbon? Yeah, I think it's forged carbon on those two. I'm not sure what the one on the left is. Um, it could, it might be white forged carbon. Maybe it kind of looks like it's similar texture. Obviously, wouldn't buy it because it's it is <clears> ridiculous. <throat> but I do think it looks cool. I, I'd say the one on the right, maybe, but. The strap is it would need to be on a different strap yeah those straps don't add much to them i feel that'd be quite a hard one to explain to someone uh i don't know if they didn't know much about watches and you said you showed them what you what was on your wrist and you said i could have had a ferrari instead of this they might <laughs> they might need a bit more explaining i think most people who are wearing richard mills would you know, you've got to be pretty rich to have one of those. They're probably not hanging around with. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm talking don't know about. What that is. I'm talking about like your mates you went to school with, and you catch up with them after a few years, and you're like, oh, "What are you doing?" And you're like, oh, "I bought this watch recently," and you've got to try and. And they obviously ask you how much it is, or yeah. was. So now you've got to try and explain it. Hmm. You'd struggle. Come on, you'd struggle. I think you might. Yeah, I don't know. Struggle. I think you've already got a Ferrari if you bought that. This is I think you though. struggle less with that than the Rolex. Rainbow, yeah, the, the you, think you, could, you could have what three of these for that Rainbow Daytona. Yeah, I could wear one I on could both that. wrists and an ankle <laughs> on my yacht, watching the Monaco Grand Prix, and you just have that in your living room. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. Ben, can I ask you? Um, do, do you like Richard Mill watches generally, or or is it this one? In so I, I I like them as a concept but i think a lot of them like are either too big because they're not like big watches or a bit too over the top 
I like them from a design design perspective, and I think they're nice. They're like nicely executed in design and what they do, and like they take a lot of influence from like supercars and different things like that. And then like the technology behind them is quite cool. Um, and then this one, the extra flat range, is probably the only range that I would actually like wear if I was considering yeah. it. Um, so this is one of them from it. The 6701, if I remember correctly, which is the other variant, is the same. Uh, it's the same watch essentially, but um, yeah, that that's the one that I different movement. I like this this is probably like if I was actually going to buy it, the one that I would get. But we're talking about love, uh, hate to love. So, so yeah, if you look that, at this one, 6701 is a good one. So I think that's the more standard version of that range, which but is titanium skirt and doll. Yeah. More sensible. How many time, more times £25, John, would you spend on that one? How many was it? You spent £25 on the first one. How much? How many times, more this, times? Yeah, this I, I've got a bit more time for this one. This one looks a bit more... Like £30? <laughs> no, no, a bit... 50 if I get a return for this thing. Have you sent more than one picture? Or just the picture change or something? One picture is the front and one picture is the back. Uh, okay. Unless I've sent the wrong picture. Uh, oh, there's two there. Yeah, okay. One looks yeah, like so a case the, back. The, the case, yeah, the, 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 one, the backside one, that, that I'd, I'd value to it for, for me because I can, I can see some. Yeah, it, it doesn't, I don't really like the front, I don't think. Um, but it looks, the, the others, it, it, the, I, just, I don't know. Really, <laughs> I know that the, the, we've already talked about the strap I've made. I think that really distracts from it. I think this, if the strap was a bit more seriously looking, I think that first one could. Yeah, that first one on the rubber strap, I think, would look better. Yeah, so, but this, it, I don't know whether it just looks quite dated to me. So I'm, I'm kind of looking at it, and it just looks like something from. It looked like my citizen I when I was. It's kind of, yeah, so, yeah, kind of. Is. I mean, oh, I, my yeah, I, my citizen. I respect the engineering of it and like backside. I think they're very impressive looking in real life. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just the mm -hmm. photo just doesn't do it justice at all. And so, out of our uh, confessions, then, which do we think is the worst out of the three? You know the answer to that, Tim, don't you? Okay. <laughs> Explorer one. <laughs> no chance. No, I'm kidding. I like the Explorer one. Um, I'd say the worst has to be the Ray Bote Turner, to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree. But I like it, and I'd wear it. You can't say that. I'd, I'd wear that over any of the other watches, disgust. But it is disgusting. Okay, that's a bit of a backhand. <laughs> oh. But it's a, like a cool disgusting, isn't it? That's the whole point of it. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it's a bit... It feels dirty wearing it. Solid rose gold with a rainbow bezel. So it's like rainbow and pink and covered in diamonds yep. with a bit of meteorite sprinkled on top. Yeah, why not? Get in there. Come on, that's disgusting, isn't it? <laughs> it's all wrong, but I love it. Exactly. Yeah. You hate that you love it. That's, that's really worrying, isn't it? On, on all sorts of fronts. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I think that was good. We'll, um, we'll have to do something similar to this at some point in the future and uh, maybe someone else can get roasted for their choice next time. That'd be a welcomed break. I mean, so, to be fair, you put yourself out there with that one. So, you know, I think hats off for just having the sort of bravery to admit that one. So um, Yeah, I'm happy. I'm not bothered. I'll take it. I can take the insults. We'll be eating our words in 10 years when Tim's the famous well, one. <laughs> <laughs> when they're in my watch box. Yeah, true. In your living room. <laughs> in my living room, yep. <laughs> to be fair, I've never been to your house. So if, if I could envision your living room, maybe it would make more sense.
Yeah. yeah, I mean, like maybe Tim's living room is like, um, I've no idea, the Playboy Mansion or something like that. I'll we'll have to leave that to people's imagination. But base it on this, the room I'm in currently, and uh, you might get a bit of an idea. Might look a bit out of place in that room. Maybe. I don't know if we're now insulting the house now or the one. <laughs> Okay, so uh, recommendations time. Uh, I, I, I'll kick things off. I've got an interesting video that I uh, came across recently, which was of an astronaut, I think it's about 10 years old, but it's of an astronaut who needed to repair his Amiga uh, Speedmaster X33 while he was in space, while well, he was aboard the um, ISS. So it, it's not the greatest video in the world, but it's pretty cool because you see him, how he like is unscrewing the case back and the screws just float up and how he like grabs them and he uses a piece of sellotape upside down to like stick the screws down. Uh, and basically the pusher of, his, of the Speedmaster came out. So he, after they eventually found it in the ISS, he uh, then went about taking the battery out and, and fitting it and repairing it and stuff. So yeah, it's an old video, but it's, it's definitely worth watching. It's, it's really interesting. Uh, Anthony, would you, what have you been watching recently that's caught your eye? Well, um, I was going to jump in with two things, actually. One that I've read and one that I've watched. Um, so let me start with a thing I've watched. It's a current BBC series, and it's called uh, Inside Monaco, presented by Fred Syriac. So I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, it's quite interesting. I've been to Monaco a few times for the Grand Prix, and this BBC series tries to get behind the scenes of Monaco, and they've actually been given a lot of access to Prince Albert, and they sort of follow him from office to office. And they talk a lot about what it's like to sort of be the Prince of Monaco. There's some quite interesting interviews about what he thought about, you know, the relationship with his mother, as Grace Kelly. And... Um, it's really interesting because here's a guy, Prince Albert, he's, he's head, of, uh, head of state of the most glamorous state ever. And you look at his life and he seems sort of like, well, it's not, it's not a very happy life and in, in many ways. I mean, in some ways it looks like a dream, but there's one phrase that he said during his interview, which struck me a lot. And the interviewer asked him, um, you know, you've got such a busy schedule of royal engagement and stuff like that. Um, you know, when, when's, when's your time? Where's the time for fun? And Prince Albert turns around and says, well, there isn't any really. I mean, like he said, sort of like, uh, it's not all roses my life. And if there's spontaneity, it has to be planned. And <laughs> I thought that was quite funny, that line there. And I think uh, it's an interesting insight into the sort of glamour of Monaco and mm. so forth. But I thought it was actually more interesting for the, the interviews with him and, and what it's like sort of being a head of state. It seems to be a surprisingly lonely job. He said, you know, that it's not, you know, there are days which are sort of like hard, difficult meetings, difficult conversations. And what he looks forward to most is a glass of wine at the end of the day. So an interesting in, insight into sort of like not even how the other half live, but how the other 0.5 top percent live. <laughs> I that's the first thing. Yeah. yeah, so it's worth watching. And, and the second thing, it's, it's really funny, uh, Tim, that um, you mentioned uh, the astronaut uh, repairing his watch, because I've also got a space-themed thing, which I was reading. And I think it's come up as a result of certain things being declassified, but we'll put the... Um, internet link on the website but it's a full transcript from start to finish about what happened during the Apollo 13 incident obviously oh, right. there was a sort of a really famous film 
made by it, uh, by directed by Ron Howard, who went on to direct the Rush film as well, uh, Formula One. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everyone knows a little bit about Apollo 13, the fact that, you know, they had a problem and they, they, they uttered the line, what is it, Houston, we have a problem, which isn't even the right line. I think it's something else. It's sort of an off misquoted thing. We have a problem, Houston, or something like that. Mm. But um, first time I've seen, and it's pages and pages and pages of it, so you can keep going all day if you want. But um, there's an annotated transcript of the full thing from start to finish, which is really, really gripping in a strange way. That's very cool. I didn't know they, they'd release that sort of thing. I know there'll be space people who'll be all over that. Uh, ben, what about you? What have you been looking uh, at recently? So for me, another YouTube video. Um, so as you may know, I quite like classic Ferraris. Um, so this one is about a Ferrari 330 uh, P3-4, which is um, actually owned by someone that Anthony knows, uh, James Glickenhaus. Um, so this video was that uh, he was showing his P3 basically at the um, 2015 Greenwich Concourse d'Elegance um, and taking people through the story of what made his car so special. Um, so his P3 is a P3-4, which is basically, it was one of the cars that was, I think when they were testing the P4 engine, he went into the P3 car um, and was raced in that configuration, I think. Um, and apparently his is a one-off or like one of the only ones that was actually built like mm-hmm. that from the factory. Um, and he he tells an interesting story of, uh, he bought it thinking that it was a replica and then through restoration obviously they were looking into records and i don't know the numbers that are on the car and different things like that and found out that it was actually this one-off very special very important to history uh car and it's insane i mean the the 333 p3 is probably one of the best looking cars in my opinion that's existed um obviously i prefer classic cars to modern usually um is that why you had your rover before the one yeah you, the, exactly the, yeah because yeah. it looked a bit like a p3 <laughs> if you close your eyes and that was a classic yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh so i would recommend watching that it was a really cool video um he's obviously a great collector very passionate about what he does um and taking these cars for for people to be able to see and appreciate yeah it's a crazy car collection especially when that car is essentially unique Mm. Um, being like the, the testing car and one that is actually raced and stuff like that. It's just really cool. Nice. Uh, John, have you got a, a recommendation to finish us off? Um, I have, I got a recommendation. I, so I watched um, the Michelle Obama film on Netflix the other day, Becoming oh, yeah. It's Cold. Um, so I, th- I know she did a book, didn't she? I think it's, I don't know whether the, I don't think the film is, kind of linked to the book it's just a bit of a kind of behind the scenes look into a certain period of time in her life so it's like when they're leaving the white house and then kind of going on to do other things is it more of a documentary Um, then yeah it's documentary kind of thing yeah Mm. um and yeah i i I, the the kids wanted to watch it i didn't really want to watch it um (laughs) but i i was able to you know often i'll start start watching something and then have to walk out you know i'll just do something else uh, but I, I watched this all the way through. I thought it was quite, it was quite nice. Um, you know, just a bit of kind of uh, e- easy watching kind of thing Sunday mm. afternoon, kind of 
different kind of program, I think. Um, but that, yeah, that, that's good. It's worth watching. So the, the one thing that struck me was, I, I, I don't know for whatever reason, but I imagined when when they moved out of the White House, um, I imagined them not like not wanting to leave and that being a really sad event for them and, mm-hmm. oh, we can't stay and we've got to move out. And But, you know, they've got the impression from her that she couldn't wait to get out and uh, get on with the rest of her life, which is interesting. Yeah, well, they obviously couldn't do anything even remotely normal. Normal, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, quite possibly. I remember, I can't, I can't remember who it is, so it might be a bit of a crap story, but there was a comedian in America who did a series where it was, they, it's a bit like James Corden's carpool karaoke thing he did, but okay. they like drive and get coffee, and they'll drive like old cars and stuff. And he did it with um, Obama. And rather than like driving to get coffee, they just drove around the grounds oh, okay. of the White House, just unloading oh, yeah. it because they just couldn't, so you couldn't go anywhere. Mm. And I think Michelle Obama did a thing with James Corden, and they were like singing in the car and stuff. And she's like, "I haven't done this in like ten okay. years because okay. I'm just always sat in the back and there's security everywhere, so I haven't okay. been able to sit in the car as a passenger and just drive along." Mm. I think that's what fascinated me about the uh, Prince Albert of Monaco program as well. It's exactly that sort of sort of story. You mm. know, there's someone who's sort of like got the most privileged life in the world, but if you look at it from the inside, suddenly you're aware that you know it's not what it's all cranked up to be. Yeah, he he didn't strike me as as the. I mean, I, I must admit, so I I didn't watch all of the. There's just been one, isn't there, so far? Have I? That's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't watch all of it because I actually fell asleep actually towards the end of. of the is program. that why it's not your recommendation? <laughs> That's not great, vouch, is it? <laughs> it was. It was quite, I think I was just tired. I was just, I was just tired. Uh, but he he didn't. The bits that I saw of him, he didn't strike me as leading a particularly sort of lavish lifestyle, and so like some of the room interiors. I don't know, it exactly was looked really cluttered, didn't it? Quite, it yeah, looked like my quite, desk at home. Exactly that. Yeah, and then and he watched the Grand Prix and the the, the dude sort of oh, like the announcer dude, the voiceover man was saying, obviously the the prince doesn't um, have a back seat for the for the Grand Prix or something. I was kind of imagining this, you know, fantastic. And but basically, if you know, if I'm remembering this correctly, he'd he'd kind of borrowed his friend's apartment. Um, and it, I mean, it was okay, uh, you know, the view, but the, the place, it almost reminded me, I, I was talking to Andy about it earlier, it reminded me of a, a place we stay, uh, we stayed through um, Airbnb um, a couple of summers ago when we went to France, you know, it was just, well, just remarkably normal, I suppose, and I kind of thought, we didn't, maybe he did that, maybe he just jumped on Airbnb yep. and <laughs> just saw what was around and thought, oh, that looks right. I guess that's a bit of a contrast to the people who are there on their yachts. Well, that was, yeah, that was right thing. next I to the action. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I, I imagine <laughs> him, you know, be, you know, if you imagine anybody who's going to have the, you know, the most luxurious experience there, you would imagine it's him. But the reality was that he was borrowing his mate's apartment that was very ordinary looking, and I didn't think it had the best view really. But I don't. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I thought that that same thought struck me, and that that's why I found the program interesting. I mean, I th- uh, it was a sort of a an insight into his life, and um, you wouldn't necessarily want to swap places with him. Some people might disagree, but no, I I wouldn't. I was surprised how little. Well, I mean, relatively speaking, that you needed to to be able to go and live there because you imagine it. You know, they talk about it, don't they? Playground of the rich and famous millionaires, blah blah blah. But you only needed. I mean, I'm saying five hundred thousand years. Yeah, that again. I thought, and I didn't think. You know, Mm. that's that's kind of achievable. But you know, if you really wanted to do that, you know, you could you could save up for ten or so years and possibly. 
Okay, you know, it, that's it, the value of most two-bedroom flats in central London. Right. So, so. You sell, sell your flat in central London and. <laughs> so what does the five hundred thousand <clears throat> buy you? Is it to buy an apartment there? Or? Well, I think you have to be. Sort no, of you've got to have that in the. You've, you've got to have that money. So you oh, right, to be allowed to, yeah, the visa or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, wherever it is. Yeah. So I guess you'd obviously you'd need that dosh. You can't you can't then get in and spend that dosh. I think you need to have that. Hmm. Always available right. or something. So that's in addition to whatever else you would. I guess it's quite a lot to have, have but liquid. Just kind of lying around. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Like I yeah, presume I, if you've got five hundred k in the bank, you've probably got some money elsewhere as well. I guess that's the that's probably the thinking. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I'm probably thinking about it in, in the wrong way. You know, when you see like you can buy a Ferrari for twenty five grand. Yeah. But then you know, don't even think that that's all you need to actually you know do anything yeah. with yeah. it. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe someone could sell their house, live there, have 500k in the bank and just live on the street, get the experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think also you actually only need 250k because you can go to Monaco with 250k, bet everything on red, oh, yeah, true. on the roulette. Yeah. Then if you win, all right, okay, it does. So it's yeah. 100% or nothing. It's you yeah, make it not, or you've got nothing like, left at like all. Yeah, hey, give it another yeah, crack right, 10 right. years time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it eventually. I'm sure. Sounds like a good video idea. Look, you've got 50% chance of getting it right. That's good odds. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Time to Unwind podcast. If you enjoyed listening, we'd love to hear from you. So please leave your ratings of the show through your podcast app. And be sure to reach out on social media at WatchGecko with your thoughts. Adding a rating and a comment really does help the podcast, so we'd be grateful for your support. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.